Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives with your hosts, myself, Colton Cockrell, and Tricia Stetzel. Our goal is to bridge the generational, gender, and life experience gap in business through our unique styles of gathering information from our guests. Now let's get it started. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Wednesday, which means it's another exciting episode of Bridge of the Gap, where we're connecting business perspectives. I am your host, Colton Cockrell, with Sharon McKinley Group. I am a, a certified financial fiduciary and independent financial planner. And as always, I have my lovely co-host with me. Uh, you know, Trisha, it's always a pleasure to have you by my side. So everybody, please get on your feet. Big round of applause for the one, the only Miss Trisha Stetzel. Yeah. Thank you, Colton. That was extra long th- today. I don't, I don't know. You must have added some stuff in there. I don't know what. Hey, everyone. Trisha Stetzel here, Results Extreme Business Solutions. So excited to have somebody revisiting with us today. The last time he was with us, you might remember back in February that little thing called a freeze. He came and spoke with us then, and this time he's coming to talk to us about cybersecurity. Ugo, a very good friend of Colton and ours, as I reintroduce him, he's a local Houston area business owner. Since 2011, he's had businesses in the home health industry, e-commerce, real estate, and small business funding areas. His businesses focus on bringing value to individuals and businesses in any way he can. Ugo, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. Oh, man, it's, it seems like we were just here yesterday. I just had so much fun. I just couldn't wait to come back. So thank you for having me back. <laughs> oh, my God. So really, today's podcast is centered around you know, the idea of identity theft. Um, and so I think first, the best way to start this off is to get you to define identity theft. Identity theft is basically anytime someone uses your personal information, whether it be your, your birthday, email, social security card, bank account number, anything that's, you know, usually personal and private that they use in order to um, take funds away from you or to fraudulently get funds from somewhere else and saying that, that it's in your name. So identity theft is basically what it, what it sounds like, stealing your identity. Someone posing as you, getting certain benefits or, or funds in your name and any consequences of that that is now put on you, the real person directly. So that's pretty much what identity theft is in a nutshell. So Ugo, how, how do we get ourselves in this trouble? How is it that um, folks are coming around to take our our identification what what can we do to secure it well um a lot of the times um now that you know covid is actually like um expedited stuff or you've seen a lot of you've seen a proliferation of it because of covid but um the reason the reason for that is just we're in a digital world right the internet one of the greatest inventions this this planet has ever seen as um it's a two-way sword anytime something um something um becomes invented or something comes there's always those use it for good, those use it for not so good sources. And, and the reason and the way this happens is, is that whenever you, you know, go on Facebook or even have your cell phone plan or anything that you do in order to be a functioning person in this society, you have to give your information in order to get that service or product, right? Whatever it might be, going to the store, um, buying something online, 
um, um, getting, getting your tax return, right? You have to give them this information. And this information is stored digitally in servers or, or you know, on the web um, by these businesses, right? So what honestly, what's going on right now is, is that um, a lot of these um, um, hackers or ne'er-do-wells, if you will, are going out there and breaching the systems of these major companies. A lot of the data breaches aren't um, specifically um, coming to your computer directly, but that does happen at a, a large rate too. But everything that you're seeing in the news, like recently on Monday, today is August 17th, on Monday the 15th, T-Mobile, uh, the honestly the third largest uh, cell phone carrier in the US, basically came out and said 100 million of their users data was put out there. Their names, their addresses, social, all that sensitive information um, was shown to be quote unquote on sale in, on, in the dark web, right? This is a goldmine for, for um, hackers and, and people that steal your identity. So a lot of the times it's not a matter of like, oh, I have my information. Um, how can I not have my information out there? Unfortunately, if, if you're of an adult age, even kids, but if you're an adult age, your information is already out there in some way, shape or form. And that's uh, that's man, that's really scary. Um, and so, because this is a generational show, I, I want to ask you this: uh, which generation? And I know it's everybody, but which generation primarily are you seeing being affected the most by this? Um, all of them, like from from the boomers to the millennials to the gen Gen Zers and post millennials, like everyone from A to Z. Basically, if you have a presence online which everyone does or if you've done anything with the internet um your information is probably there right so it's affected everyone you see you know you've always seen the the stories of the uh grandmother unfortunately that gets taken advantage of um uh, out of an email you've seen um sometimes these uh younger kids in college or or maybe middle school you know they they might see some huge nice cool trend that's really fun but not knowing that's actually like siphoning their information like anyone, this could be a threat to everyone and anyone. It's not just a certain demographic type of thing. Unless, I guess the only demographic it's not a, a threat to would be, you know, the, the the hermit that lives in the in the mountains of Oregon. It doesn't do anything, you know, digitally, electronically. I guess he would be a target. But everyone else that, that engages, they're pretty much a fair game. Well, if I'm being honest, I'm still waiting for my big, uh, my big old millions of dollars from the Nigerian prince that I sent money to like a few years ago. So... <laughs> Well, unfortunately, I wouldn't say hold your breath. You might have to keep waiting for that one. <laughs> well, and, you know, here's here's something interesting. So to bring the generation, you know, back into it, my my grandmother, who still has a rotary telephone, uh, by the way, and if you don't know what that is, then I'll show you a picture. Uh, <laughs> she she gets phone calls all the time with people asking for her social security number. Right. And I am sure that that is not because they need to verify it that she actually has an account, right? So even the identity theft is happening, uh, I feel like, Ugo, over the telephone. Yeah, they're going they're going high tech and they're going low tech. I actually, um, I was reading a story yesterday that the first um, ransomware attack that happened in history was in 1989. And basically what the perpetrator did was he, um, he basically, oh, he basically sent at that time emails to AIDS researchers, get this, sent them uh, emails to, um, he sent a, not emails, he sent a floppy disk. Remember floppy disk? That's another rotary phone we'll put side by side picture. He sent floppy disk <laughs> researchers and said that there's um, AIDS research on this. So they put the, the, the floppy disk into their computers and the computer locked up. 
And then basically the computer or the program was saying, you have to send like X amount of money to this PO box in Panama in order for have in order for him to send you the other disk so we can unlock the the, um, the the ransomware. So this is far as far back as 1989 that this is happening, and of course it just become much more um, sophisticated since then. So you know it's high tech, it's low tech, it's uh it's, it's everywhere you are, but it's one of those where um, it's there's all types of way of of, of, it, of it happening to us and affecting uh, everyone that we know. Well. I think alone the generational uh, pull for this episode is going to be the rotary and the floppy disk. I'm sure half our listeners. Are going to <laughs> we need to add some pictures. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <A> what? <laughs> At least you didn't talk about. Uh, let's see, hard uh, eight track or something. That's music. Yeah, I'm uh, dating uh, myself, right? Who had an eight track in their car? Did I have eight? I, was, I should not raise my hand. My <laughs> no one can see me. <laughs> so, so with identity theft, how many people, um, I mean, I, I'm just curious, is there a stat out there? How many people actually do have coverage against identity theft versus not? Well, that, that's the thing about um, when it comes to coverage of identity theft. Identity theft, um, you know, since um, 19, since uh, 2018, I have some stats here. Uh, since 2018 with, when it comes to identity theft. So it's one of those things where it, it, it's just increased exponentially, right? So it's one of those things that, and um, as the years go on, it's not one of those like, oh, it uh, doubled or tripled. It like went up by like tenfold in 2020 because, you know, everyone's at home with the pandemic and things like that. So it's it's one of those where it's growing and it's one of those where it's, it's common, is one of the most common, um, um, I would say, crimes that are going on right now. And when it comes to identity theft protection, um, not a, many, a lot of people have it, but it's kind of like one of these things is when we all drive around, especially in Houston, where like, if you don't have a car, you might as well, you know, just stay where you are type of thing, where we, we, we all drive around, we don't have cars, we all have auto insurance. Um, identity, identity theft protection insurance or identity theft protection should be within, I don't know, we said a year or two ago, we said in the next five years, I think it might be shortened now because we're seeing so many things going on. We didn't realize the lift rate this much. In the next three or four years, it will be growing exponentially and should be as common as car insurance or, or, or home insurance, right? I mean, if you have a home, you insure it. If you have a car, you insure it. I'm guessing we all have identities. So it comes to say, why don't we insure that? You're guessing? <laughs> <laughs> so, to, all right. So let's talk about that. When we talk about identity theft insurance, what what does that do for me? So let's say I, I decide to buy a policy. What does that what does that cover, Hugo? So with identity, so with identity theft protection, what it basically is is this, right? So um, I try to make it analogous. I was talking about cars before, like car insurance, right? When you get car insurance or auto insurance, it doesn't ensure that you will never ever get into an auto accident nothing will ever happen to your car no but what it does say is that if you do get into an accident or something does happen to your car because you've been paying your insurance we're able to cover these costs and it's the same thing with identity theft um identity theft protection identity theft protection right which is you know analogous to insurance where your information i just tell people you know i'm as honest as i possibly can your information is already out there right how hard you try if you've lived if you're living in 2021, your information is out there. So the question is, once someone does do something with your information or whatever your information might be, what can you do about it? And what an identity theft protection does is that it scans the web and the dark web 
because the, the internet that we see, you know, we check our email and Facebook for the cat videos. That's like 5% of the internet. That's like the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> There's 95% of the internet that most of us don't even see. And in that 95% of the internet, that's what they call the dark web, is the place where they, they trade all this information where they honestly, they bundle like a social security number, a driver's license number, and someone's birthday and their address. And they're honestly selling it on the web for like, like $4 a pop, right? So your identity could be worth maybe 4 or $5 to someone when it could, you know, wreak havoc on your life. And they're just selling these in bundles and things like that. And just people just wait for the right time for them to use the information for whatever thing they, they, they might want to do. So what identity theft protection what the identity theft protection does is whenever that is seen, whenever someone uses, for example, whenever someone files a tax return fraudulently in your name and that tax return is given to the given to the person and you're liable for that, identity theft protection will cover you um, depending on whatever their, their limit is. Um, the ones the ones that I know are up to a million dollars, right? So and um, they'll cover you for whatever losses there might be. Also, what people also don't factor in is the steps you have to go through in order to get stuff cleared. For example, I had a friend of mine who, um, he has a, a, a somewhat of a common name, but uh, he all of a sudden, when he was trying to go look for work, he got flagged saying like, um, you have a record. The friend didn't know what, what was going on. Apparently someone um, got pulled over in Arizona they gave the officer the driver's license and said, this is my name, run all the information here. And unfortunately, it was my friend's name. And now he had to spend hours, if not days, if not weeks, trying to go to court, trying to go to the, the powers that be to clear up that situation. And even now, even up until today, when he tries to do certain things, that still comes up with saying, oh, you have outstanding tickets and gotten arrested. He's like, no. That was what happened when someone sold my identity. So you can see the, the the headache and the time and effort put into trying to resolve things that happen when it comes to um, identity theft. A lot of times, like I said before, it affects everyone. Um, a lot of the times, if, if you have kids, all right, and one of their first rites of passage is when they go to college and maybe they, they want to get a, a, an appliance or a car and they run their credit and they say, you already have three houses and a yacht in Florida. And they're saying, how can that happen? Well, unfortunately, Someone maybe took your child's identity, used it to get those things, and because you don't check your credit or your or your financial history or anything for a child, you don't discover it until they're actually an adult, unfortunately. So things like that happen all the time. And what identity theft protection does is it leads you step by step to resolve these issues. So you get them resolved and closed. And if there are any monetary um, losses because of it, they'll cover it through the um, um, through that identity theft protection. Man. Well, hopefully that kid with the, that had three houses and a yacht in his name had over a million dollar coverage because he's going to need it. I hope so too. <laughs> so then, so then just, just to make sure that we're, we're all on the same page here. So basically if something were to happen, you're telling me that if my identity was stolen um, and you know, I get $500,000 of credit card debt was taken out, not only will identity theft, it cover my 500,000 loss if necessary, it will also go through the process and clear everything where I'm not the one going out and trying to clear my name because I'm too busy and I got things going on. Is that correct? Yeah. So what it'll do is it'll, 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 it'll show you step by step what you're supposed to do. It'll, it'll have their representatives and their customer service will say, all right, first you need to do this. All right. First, then you'll need to do that. Okay. And a few days when this comes through, we'll tell you that this comes through and we'll tell you what steps you need to do. Because a lot of the times, if your identity is stolen, you might think, like, well, what do I do? Do I go to the police? Um, who do I talk to? Is there a certain person? You wouldn't know what to do. And with identity theft protection, uh, with their 24-7 service, you call them. They tell you step-by-step step what to do, and they guide you on where to go and what to do and how to resolve the issue. 
That sounds really important. Like I never even thought about someone using my identity if they got pulled over or got in trouble. I always think about it being a money problem, which that obviously of, would turn into that, a money problem. <laughs> and that's very common. A lot of people when um, talking to them about identity theft protection, they say, oh, my bank takes care of my, my credit and debit card. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, if something happens to your debit card, your bank will cover you and they'll get you a new card. But does your bank cover your tax return? Does your bank cover a loan taken out by another bank by them using your information? Does your bank cover um, what sensitive information might be on um, your, your um, electronic devices? Will they also cover that and pay you for the loss of that as well? They usually don't. They only care about what their asset is, which makes sense. They care about what their asset is and they cover that. But all those other things that you don't think about, your passport, um, even membership numbers, uh, membership numbers um, from like um, a local supermarket, right? Um, things like that, um, uh, um, your, your social, when it comes to, like I said, the tax return, they don't cover those things, but identity theft protection does. Mm. I don't want I anybody think. stealing my grocery store number. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I don't want people getting my free gas. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's actually how I got my first uh, vehicle as I took a, took a loan out in Trisha's name. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, You're welcome, so Colton. You, Anytime. Ugo, Ugo, let me let me ask you this. And you you obviously have been a part of the show before, so you knew this was coming. Um, totally off the wall question, random. You didn't see it coming at all. Uh, if you could go to any country mm-hmm. and eat, not just visit any country, but go to any country and eat their food, America does not count. What country would it be? Oh man, that is a hard question because I'm an equal opportunity eatist. I'll eat anything. <laughs> Oh, something, something, ooh, something close to the equator because I like spicy food and they actually have spices. So it'll be uh, indigenous to them. Um, I would say something probably in Southeast Asia. So maybe whether it be Vietnamese or, or Thailand or maybe Indonesia, mm. Philippines as well, just in the, you know, that um, Southeastern Asia. I just love because there, you can, it, can, it could go from like super sweet to super spicy to super tangy, like their flavors are just a plethora of them. And I'm African and we have awesome food too. So like, but uh, I would love to um, probably go to maybe somewhere like Vietnam or Thailand or, 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 or um, Indonesia or Singapore and definitely pick out in that food. Man. Well, I love it. Well, I appreciate you not being a foodist that you are accepting of all food. So I really appreciate that. I think that's called a foodie. I don't know. Is that a, is that a millennial? Thing, Colton? Food, whenever I hear foodie, I think like they're picky with their food. I'm not picky. Like, 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 picky. Example, they'll have a plate and they'll say like, Ooh, what's in this? I don't ask that question. I eat it. And then I say, this is great. What's in it. You can say like, Oh, it's like, you know, monkey brains. They're like, monkey brains are delicious. Who knew? And I keep eating. And other people like grow up or feel disgusted. But I keep eating because it's good. Right. So that's, yeah. I don't know, that's yeah. No, it does sound like you, you foodie. Gosh, yeah, no, I, I, I love it. equal yeah. opportunity foodist. I like yep. it. I like it a lot. All right, so because you've been on the show before, Ugo, am I remembering right? You're somewhere between a millennial and an X Jenner, a millennial X. I am a. I think I'm middle of the pack, close to tail end of millennial. I know my sister who's 40, she is a early millennial slash Gen Xer. So I'm in like middle of the pack kind of thing. Okay. Well, we're just going to call you a millennial X. That'll work. That'll <laughs> work. All right. So in closing, tell us about your business, how people can get in contact with you to talk more about identity theft and pick your brain. 
Absolutely. So my business is UOE Group. Like I said, I help business and individuals um, create more income for themselves and for their company and also protect their company, whether it be identity theft protection or security, physically security and all these other things. So um, a lot of these um, people, individuals, they have bills to pay or expenses. I look to lower those expenses and maybe even um, have them um, profit off those expenses as well, have them make money with their own expenses. So you can definitely reach me. Um, you can uh, look up UOE services on Facebook at UOE services. Um, you can definitely look um, me up on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, Ugo, U-G-O, last name, E, Zebra, I, E, F as in Frank, U-L-E. Um, you'll, you'll see me there as well. You know, friend me, add me. And uh, also you can email me at uh, UOE group LLC at gmail.com. There's so many ways you can get a hold of me and I'll even leave my number. My number is uh, 713-540-0739. Call, text, do whatever you want. I'd love to, you know, just communicate, talk and educate people. That's my number one thing. I'm not, I'm not a certified teacher, but I love educating people on certain things that can help them as I go forward. I guarantee yeah, fantastic. You, if you Google Ugo Izifule, you're going to, you're going to find him. <laughs> You'll find I promise. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I'll, I'll put all your contact information in the show notes as well so people can click and go. How about that? That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks again for visiting with us today. We're excited that you wanted to come back on the show and talk to us about this particular topic, which is very important. It's pertinent and it's, you know, it's going on all around us and we need to be aware of it. Of course, of course. Most definitely. The more you know, the more you can uh, defend yourself. So. You bet, my friend. All right, Colton, any closing comments? I'm just glad to have you go back. It's always uh, awesome to have another millennial in the building. So thank you. Uh, millennial X. Millennial X. <laughs> All right, Ugo, thank you again for being with us today. We really appreciate you, my friend. And this concludes this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives. If there's a certain professional or profession that you want to hear from, leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Colton Cocker with Sharon McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas, 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., member FINRA, Pacific. Sharon McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.